1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God and the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am. I'm seated right now in the heavenly realms, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine. And I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. As I'm taught the word of God, my life is changed for the better. And I will never be the same again. Amen. may be seated. And as you're being seated, if you would, turn in your Bibles to the Old Testament, to the book of 1 Samuel. And we'll begin this morning in 1 Samuel chapter 9. Now today we're going to deal with a sad story from the Old Testament. And this is a sad story from the life of King Saul, but it's a lesson for every believer. And it is a reminder that God can call someone. God can even change them into a different person. God can anoint them. God can even bless them, give them great position and great wealth. But if they do not do what God says do, their life will end in ruin. Obedience is the key. The Bible tells us that obedience is better than sacrifice. And this is the lesson from the Old Testament that so many of God's New Testament people have never learned. I said last Sunday that God will let you operate at whatever level it is you want to operate at. Jesus quoting this, but saying something similar in the New Testament said, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Jesus told us that if we want to be forgiven, we must forgive. If we want to be shown mercy, we must show mercy. He told us that if we judge, we too will be judged. And so the reality is whatever level you choose to operate at, God is going to let you operate at that level. As an illustration, last week I mentioned Christians having a garage sale mentality of wanting to use everything up, and then even if there's a little bit of shelf life left, not giving it away, not being a blessing, but want to make $20 off of it or whatever it is. Jessica sent me a text yesterday, someone she follows our age, posting this for $20, posting that for $20. See, if you choose to operate at that level, God will let you live at that level. But if you choose, you say, I'm going to be a blessing, and you choose to just give things away and believe God for new, that's another level, and God will let you operate at that level. And this is a lesson so many of God's New Testament people have not learned from the Old Testament. 
that our Heavenly Father, He desires obedience. He desires obedience. And it is an obedient life that is pleasing to Him. And it's not a burden. John, the apostle, love wrote, this is love for God to obey His commands, and His commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes. So let's look at this lesson from the Old Testament. Number one, God, God can call you. 1 Samuel 9, beginning in verse 17, when Samuel caught sight of Saul, the Lord said, this is the man I spoke to you about. He will govern my people. So God called Saul. It wasn't the prophet Samuel's idea. And number two, God can change you into a different person. Samuel said to Saul in 1 Samuel 10 and verse 6, the next chapter, verse 6, the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you in power, and you will prophesy with them, with the prophets, and you will be changed into a different person. And it came to pass. You look down at verse 9. As Saul turned to leave Samuel, God changed Saul's heart. And all these signs were fulfilled that day. When they arrived at Gibeah, a procession of prophets met him. The Spirit of God came upon him, upon Saul in power, and he joined in their prophesying. When all those who had formerly known him saw him prophesying with the prophets, they asked one another, What is this that has happened to the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? And so we see that God called Saul, and God changed him into a different person. And then number three, God anointed him. 1 Samuel 10 and verse 1, Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on Saul's head. And he kissed him, saying, Has not the Lord anointed you leader over his inheritance? So God anointed him. He called him. He changed him into a different person. He anointed him. Then number four, God gave Saul position and wealth. Initially, the people were ambivalent. They were unsure, uncertain about Saul. But God then gave Saul a mighty victory when he rescued the city of Jabesh, and so he became a celebrity. And that's what a lot of people are looking for, but it's not always the right thing. 1 Samuel 11, verse 14, Samuel said to the people, come, let us go to Gilgal and there reaffirm the kingship. So all the people went to Gilgal and confirmed Saul as king in the presence of the Lord. And it says that they then had a great celebration. So God blessed Saul, and God blessed him quickly. But sometimes when people get blessed quickly, it goes to their head, and they instantly begin making wrong decisions. That brings us to point number five. Even if God does all these things for you, if you don't do what God commands, if you don't do what he commands in his word, if you don't obey God, your life can end in ruin. God can do all these things for you. He can bless you. He can exalt you. He can lift you up. He can give you a greater position. He can change your level. But if you don't do what God commands, your life can end in ruin. In 1 Samuel 12, the prophet Samuel gave a farewell speech. And then we see that Saul disobeys God in the very next chapter. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 13. 1 Samuel 13, beginning in verse 5. The Philistines assembled to fight Israel. And this was a common enemy they went to war against again and again. The Philistines assembled to fight Israel with 3,000 chariots, 
6,000 charioteers and soldiers as numerous as the sand on the seashore. So in ancient days, this was a huge military force. They went up and camped at Michmash, east of Beth Avim. When the men of Israel saw that their situation was critical and that their army was hard-pressed, they hid in caves and thickets among the rocks and in pits and cisterns. Those are wells. Some Hebrews even crossed the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. Saul remained at Gilgal, and all the troops with him were quaking with fear. He waited seven days, the time set by Samuel, but Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and Saul's men began to scatter. So he said, bring me the burnt offering and the fellowship offerings, and Saul offered up the burnt offering. Now you read the Old Testament, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, God gave very clear instructions, and only certain people were to present offerings unto the Lord. Under the Old Testament, it was to be the Levites, and the exception were prophets and men of God. That was the only type of offering or presentation that was authorized. And when someone didn't follow instructions, it was called unauthorized. And even Aaron's own sons, on one occasion, they didn't do things according to instruction, and it cost them their lives. Now, praise God for the new covenant. Amen? Praise God for grace. Praise God for mercy. But we still ought to be people who follow instructions. So Samuel didn't come right away. Saul got nervous. Some of the men were leaving. They were fleeing. And so Saul took it upon himself to do things his way. And how many times have, have we done that? When we get nervous, we get anxious, waiting on the Lord, waiting on a word from the Lord, waiting on confirmation. And so we then decide to do things our own way, by our own ideas, by our own ability. And that's when we open the door to trouble. The best thing to do is to wait on the Lord, to look to him as your source, amen. And notice this, verse 10, just as Saul finished making the offering. Tell your neighbor, say, of course. Tell your other neighbor, say, of course. So he's impatient. He decides he's going to do it himself, even though he shouldn't. And as soon as he's done doing that, of course, Samuel arrived. And Saul went out to greet him. What have you done, asked Samuel. Saul replied, when I saw that the men were scattering. So notice he was walking by sight. He was walking by circumstances, not by faith, not by the word of the Lord, not by what Samuel had said. When I saw that the men were scattering and that you, and we'll see this again and again today, that you did not come at the set time. So he, he's blaming others. Saul did wrong, but he's blaming the men. Saul did wrong, but he's blaming the prophet Samuel. He blames others, and that the Philistines were assembling at Michmash, I thought. And praise God for that message we did earlier in the year. His ways are higher than our ways. Amen? His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Amen? Just because we have an idea doesn't mean it's the Lord or the right thing to do. I thought. Now the Philistines will have come down against me at Gilgal, and I have not sought the Lord's favor. So I felt compelled. And I, I would mark that, underline that, highlight that in your Bible. I felt compelled. See, when you feel compelled 
to do something you shouldn't do. That's not the Lord. That, that's the enemy. That's a demon trying to lead you into trouble, into the ditch. I felt compelled. See, the Holy Spirit is not going to lead you to do anything that would get you in trouble with God. The Holy Spirit is not going to lead or influence or compel you to do anything that would be displeasing to God or get you in trouble. So that wasn't the Lord. I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering. You acted foolishly, Samuel said. So notice Saul didn't follow instructions. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over all Israel for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him leader of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. So, so why was he going to be replaced? Because it was God's will? No, the reason he was going to be replaced, the reason God was going to set another man upon the throne is because Saul did not obey or keep the Lord's command. The last few weeks, I talked to my 10th grade Bible students here at St. Paul's about a wrong theology that leads people to believe that God is causing everything. And I told them sometimes, even in what they hear people say, there are things that have some truth in them, but they're not really true. And I told them one of those things is that God's got a plan for your life, and you're going to get to that destination no matter what you do, no matter how you live, no matter what choices you make. And friends, that is a lie. Now, is God merciful? Yes. Can God make up for lost time? Yes. Is he a God of new beginnings? Yes. Can he restore the years the locusts have eaten? Yes. If you repent and do what's right, from this day forward, can, in his grace and mercy, can he help you get to where you would have been? Yes, but that's assuming we, we do our part and we walk before him and love him and serve him and obey him wholeheartedly. See, it's not going to be automatic. So this was God's criteria. Saul, are you going to do what I tell you to do or not? Saul, are you going to follow instructions or are you not? So obedience is better than sacrifice. And it could be the greatest offering in the world. It could be the most sacrificial thing in the world. But obedience and following instructions is better than sacrifice. And this is a lesson from the Old Testament so many of God's New Testament people haven't learned. So in your life, the question is, will you obey God? Will you obey His Word? Will you follow the leading of the Holy Spirit? Obedience is better than sacrifice. Now, if you flip over to 1 Samuel chapter 15, 1 Samuel chapter 15, we see Saul's second act of disobedience. And praise God, in his grace and in his mercy, God gave Saul another test of obedience. So praise God for second chances and third chances. Praise God for his grace and mercy. But there comes a time where grace and mercy runs out. As long as there is breath in our body, we can make things right. We can live for the Lord. We can live a life that pleases God. But even at some point, that itself comes to an end 
and we step into eternity. So God gave Saul another test of obedience. And he could have passed, but he failed. 1 Samuel 15, beginning in verse 1. Samuel said to Saul, I am the one the Lord has sent to anoint you king over his people Israel. So listen now to the message from the Lord. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I will punish the Amalekites for what they did to Israel when they waylaid them as they came up from Egypt. Now you can read about this in your own time this week in Exodus chapter 17. But when they were making their way, God delivered them out of Egypt, out of slavery after 400 plus years. They were making their way to the promised land. There were nations and people groups that left them alone, that feared them. There were even one or two that helped them, but the Amalekites tried to destroy them. And that's at the battle where God did a great victory. The hands of Moses were upheld with his staff. He held his staff, and as long as his hands, his arms were upheld, there was victory. And God gave them a great victory that day. But there was also a prophecy that God would later deal with the Amalekites. And God wanted to use Saul to execute judgment. Verse 3, now go attack the Amalekites and totally destroy everything. Now everything, what does everything mean? It means everything. It means all. Just like this past week, I'm sure you ate all the pumpkin pie. Amen? Even scraped out the pie crust from the bottom of the pan. Don't let any of it go to waste. Everything means everything. All means all. Totally destroy everything that belongs to them. Do not spare them. Put to death men and women, children and infants, cattle and sheep, camels and donkeys. Now these were God's instructions. And people in 2020, modern man, modern woman gets their feelings hurt. But this is the word of God. You know, everybody, well, not everybody, I guess people that don't have their thinking right are all upset that the head of Iran's nuclear program was assassinated this past week. You, you can't negotiate with some people. You know, when you're dealing with evil, you can't take them to Starbucks, give them a hug, and have a latte. Even Governor Gavin Newsom in California who is as liberal as liberal can be, he decided to overturn the parole of one of the people connected to the Manson murders. So at least he has that much sense. Amen? But you, you have people, and they think that you can reason with evil, that you can negotiate with evil. And if you don't, it's trouble, trouble, trouble. If you don't deal with it rightly and put an end to it, it's trouble, trouble, trouble that not only affects you, but your children and your children's children. So these were God's instructions. So Saul summoned the men and mustered them at Telium, 200,000 foot soldiers and 10,000 men from Judah. Saul went to the city of Amalek and set an ambush in the ravine. Then he said to the Kenites, go away, leave the Amalekites so that I do not destroy you along with them. For you showed kindness to the Israelites when they came up out of Egypt. So there's the grace and mercy. One people sought to destroy them. Another people were a blessing, a help. They left them alone. So the Kenites moved away from the Amalekites. 
Then Saul attacked the Amalekites all the way from Havilah to Shur, to the east of Egypt. He took Agag, king of the Amalekites, alive. So notice, he's not following instructions. And all his people, he totally destroyed with the sword. So Saul disobeyed. Partial obedience is still disobedience. Partial obedience is still disobedience. You know, sometimes I'll get after my students because they'll be in a hurry and they'll, they'll turn in homework without their name on it. It's incomplete. I don't know whose it is. And if someone doesn't put their name on it, it's a zero. Partial obedience is still disobedience. And it doesn't count. It doesn't qualify. But Saul and the army spared. They spared Agag. And look at the language of the word of God. They spared Agag and the best. Say the best. They spared Agag and the best of the sheep and cattle, the fat calves and lambs, everything that was good. And again, they're operating by their eyes. They spared the best and everything that was good. These they were unwilling to destroy completely. But everything that was despised and weak, they totally destroyed. So Saul didn't follow instructions. He disobeyed. And notice, they only destroyed what was of no value, but they kept the best for themselves. Greedy, selfish, covetous, some old-fashioned words. They kept the best for themselves. Verse 10, the word of the Lord came to Samuel. I am grieved that I have made Saul king because he has turned away from me and has not carried out my instructions. So the Lord was grieved because Saul did not carry out his instructions. So again, God's criteria was, Saul, are you going to do what I tell you to do or not? Are you going to follow instructions or not? And part of the reason why at Faith Christian Center we walk in the blessing of God is because we believe in obedience and following instructions. And what the Lord tells us to do, we do. Verse 11, Samuel was troubled and he cried out to the Lord all that night. Now again, obedience is better than See, and so pe people don't obey. They deal with the results of not obeying. Then they, they try to fix it through sacrifice. And it doesn't work. And even here, Samuel, he, he, he loved Saul. He cared about Saul. He, he cried out to the Lord on Saul's behalf when the issue is simply a matter of obedience. Early in the morning, Samuel got up and went to meet Saul. But he was told, Saul has gone to Carmel, to Mount Carmel. There he has set up a monument in his own honor. Just look at your neighbor and shake your head. Look at your other neighbor and shake your head. This is what bad leaders do. They care only about themselves. And they could have just lost. lost. They could have just been defeated or got a shellacking from the Lord. And instead of having any humility about themselves, they're still just thinking about themselves. Me, me, me. You, you just got busted. You just got in trouble with the Lord. That is not the day to set up a monument to yourself. You know, and then it's the next generation that's supposed to set up monuments to the previous generation. Amen? And something's really wrong if you're building monuments to yourself. So he has set up a monument in his own honor and has turned and gone down to Gilgal. When Samuel reached him, Saul said, The Lord bless you. 
God bless you, Samuel. I'm just doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. I'm serving the Lord the way I'm supposed to be serving the Lord. See, just because someone tells you something doesn't mean it's true. And we can fool people, but we cannot fool God. So he said, the Lord bless you. I have carried out the Lord's instructions. This is a lie. Tell your neighbor, say a lie. You know, one of my, my wife's favorite verses to quote and talk about is that all liars will end up in the lake of fire. And that can be pretty sobering for a five-year-old. You know, I, I'd, sweetie, I'd present that a little bit nicer. But her way works, amen? We tell the truth, we don't lie. Why? Because the Bible says liars will go to hell. They'll end up in the lake of fire. But Saul lied. Saul was a liar. And the Bible says there will be no liars in the city of God. Samuel said, what then is this bleeding of the sheep I hear in my ears? What then is this lowing of cattle that I hear? So Samuel, he could hear the evidence of Saul's disobedience. Saul answered, the soldiers brought them from the Amalekites. They spared the best. Say the best. Tell your, tell your other neighbor, say the best. Yes. They spared the best of the sheep and cattle. Now, now notice what Saul does here. They had spared the best to keep for themselves. But Saul knows he's in trouble. Saul knows he's dog duty with the Lord. And despite knowing that, he's, he set up a monument to himself. So he knows he's really in trouble. So now he adds lie upon lie upon lie. We, we kept the best, but here it comes, to, to present it unto the Lord. And this is bad. Tell your neighbor, say, this is bad. They spared the best of the sheep and cattle to sacrifice to the Lord your God. But we, we, we totally destroyed the rest. Now this is a lie. They kept the best for themselves. But now Saul's just flat out lying, saying, we kept the best to give it to the Lord. So this is what people do. This, this is nothing new. They disobey. They disobey God. They disobey the word of God. Trouble comes as a result. Then they make excuses and they blame others. And then what they'll do is they'll, they'll, they'll cover up their disobedience with fake spirituality. Well, I, I've really been saving that up to give it. No, you haven't. I mentioned Judas last week or the week before that he was offended when a lady gave a great offering and anointed Jesus' feet. The Bible says the perfume was worth a year's wages and he acted like he cared about the poor, but since he was treasurer, he wanted that money to go in the treasury or the money bag so he could help himself to it. So people disobey. Trouble comes, but then they blame others, and a lot of times they'll, they'll, they'll cover it up with fake spirituality. It's better just to obey. It's better just to obey. It's better just to take action. It's better just to do what the Word says. And when you just obey, you don't have to, you don't have to act super fake spiritual to make yourself feel better about your circumstances. And you don't have to act spiritual to cover up your defeat. And again, obedience is better than sacrifice. Dad Hagen, Kenneth Hagen used to say that God's people are always trying to get through prayer 
and fasting and sacrificial means things that will only come by obedience to the Word of God. See, God, in 2020 and every year, God is our source and God is our supply. And we walk in His blessing because we work His plan. We, we bring our tithes to the house of the Lord. We give offerings as led by the Holy Spirit. We practice good stewardship so I can sleep like a baby every single night. I don't have to, to stay up all night praying because I, every day of my life, I'm living a life that is obedient to the Lord. Now, if He leads me to pray extra, that's an entirely different matter. But see, I don't have to try a Hail Mary on Monday and I mean like in football, amen? Like Madden football back in the day, like a Hail Mary pass. We don't have to do crazy thing Monday, crazy thing Tuesday, crazy thing Wednesday to try and make up for not obeying God. When if you'll just obey Him and do life His way, in every area of life, you can live a life blessed by God. Look at how Samuel responded, verse 16. Stop! Say, say stop. stop. He said, stop. And uh, sometimes you just have to do that. You know, last night, one of the little ones just kept getting out of bed. And, and I tried. We tried. Lay down. Go to sleep, sweetie. Let's pray again. Let's sing again. At some point, you just got to say, go to bed. <laughs> stop. Samuel said to Saul, let me tell you what the Lord said last night. Tell me, Saul replied. Samuel said, although you were once small in your own eyes, did you not become head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over Israel, and he sent you on a mission saying, go and completely destroy those wicked people, the Amalekites, until you have wiped them out. Why did you not obey the Lord? Why did you pounce on the plunder and do evil in the eyes of the Lord? So that's what the Lord says to those that don't obey him and follow his instructions. Why did you not obey? Why did you pounce on what is not yours? Why did you do evil? Verse 20, but I did obey the Lord, Saul said. I went on the mission the Lord assigned me. I completely destroyed the Amalekites and brought back Agag, their king. Again, he's lying, lying, lying. He is self-deceived. And people do this when they claim to be obeying while they're disobeying God. They're just self-deceived. The soldiers took the sheep and cattle from the plunder, the best of what was devoted in order to sacrifice them to the Lord, your God at Gilgal. Again, this is a lie. Now, that's not what they did. They kept the best for themselves. And when they got caught, see, it's one thing to come under the conviction of the Holy Spirit and to repent and do what's right versus doing your own thing right up until you get caught, then crying. But that is worldly sorrow. That is not what the Bible calls godly remorse. See, a true believer will come under the conviction of the Holy Spirit. They'll repent and they'll, they'll change. And they'll, they'll do that on their own without being found out. But someone that's not right, even once they're found out, they go to lying, excuse-making, blaming others. But Samuel replied, verse 22, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Say, obedience. Then he said, to obey is better than sacrifice. To obey is better than sacrifice. So this is a lesson from the Old Testament that so many of God's New Testament people 
have not learned that to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is like the sin of divination or witchcraft and arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. So notice the way the Bible defines disobedience that when we disobey, literally we're saying to God, I reject you and I reject your word and I'm going to do it my own way. That is the biblical definition of disobedience. I reject you, I reject your word, and I'm going to do it my own way. But again, 1 Samuel 15, 22, obedience is better than sacrifice. And if you live a life of obedience in every area of life, you can live a blessed life, then you can sleep the sleep of the righteous, you can sleep the sleep of peace, you can sleep as they say, like a baby, every single night. And you don't have to wake up to do a literal Hail Mary or like a Hail Mary in football because you're obeying, you're doing what's right, you're taking action on the Word of God, and so you're walking in the blessing of God. And you don't have to get into sacrifice A, sacrifice B, sacrifice C, sacrifice D, when all along you just simply have to obey and follow instructions and do what the word says. Obedience is better than? When we teach on prayer, we encourage people to set aside an amount of time, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, to get started, to pray, and to be consistent. You can't pray 15 minutes a day consistently. What makes you think you're going to pray an hour or two hours of prayer a day? We don't need to have all-night prayer unless the Lord tells us to. Why? Because we're praying every single day. See, when do people get into sacrificial things? When they're not obeying God and His Word in their everyday life. And they do sacrificial things to make up for disobedience. When all along, if you'll just obey and do what His Word says and do life God's way, you'll live a blessed life. Verse 24, then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned. I'm glad he finally realized that. I have violated the Lord's command and your instructions. But notice again, with Saul, we're not dealing with godly sorrow. We're dealing with worldly sorrow. Worldly sorrow is when people are sorry they got caught. So look at what he says. I was afraid of the people, and so I gave in to them. Excuse making, blaming others. Now I beg you, forgive my sin and come back with me so that I may worship the Lord. Again, covering the whole thing up with fake spirituality. But Samuel said, I will not go back with you. You have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you as king over Israel. As Samuel turned to leave, Saul caught the hold of the hem of his robe, and it tore. Samuel said, the Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you and has given it to one of your neighbors, to one better than you. And as we know, that was David. He who is the glory of Israel does not lie or change his mind, for he is not a man that he should change his mind. Saul replied, I have sinned, but please honor me before the elders of my people and before Israel. Come back with me so that I may worship the Lord your God. So notice again, he only cares about himself. He says to Samuel, please honor me. That, that's not a leader. A leader does what's best for the nation. A leader does what's best for the people. 
a leader is not just concerned about himself. Please honor me. Come back with me. And notice now, he doesn't say that the Lord is his God. He says the Lord is Samuel's God. So Samuel went back with Saul, and Saul worshiped the Lord. Then Samuel said, bring me Agag, king of the Amalekites. Agag came to him confidently, thinking, surely the bitterness of death is past. See, Saul didn't do what God said. So Agag thought he was going to escape. But Samuel said, as your sword has made women childless, so will your mother be childless among women. And Samuel put Agag to death before the Lord at Gilgal. Now that is a man of God. Tell your neighbor, say, that's a man of God. You might say, well, why did he do that? Because that's what the Lord said to do. Put them all to death. So Samuel did that because those were God's instructions. And Samuel did what Saul failed to do. Then Samuel left for Ramah, but Saul went up to his home in Gibeah of Saul. Until the day Samuel died, he did not go to see Saul again, though Samuel mourned for him. And the Lord was grieved that he had made Saul king over Israel. So despite every advantage, despite every blessing, Saul's life ended in ruin. His disobedience led to his ruin. Number six, obedience is the key to prosperity and success. To obey is better than sacrifice. Obedience is the key. It is the key to the blessing of the Lord in every area of life. There are too many Christians and they celebrate the curse. They disobey. They don't do things God's way. The Bible tells us to be equally yoked together. But if I'll get an email probably once a month, Austin, I, I, I want to marry an unbeliever. The Bible says do not be unequally yoked together. But people do the opposite of what God's word says to do. They get into trouble. They disobey. So the curse is at work in their lives. They do without. And instead of going from victory to victory, they go from defeat to defeat. And then they blame God or they blame others, or they blame the will of God. But Jesus told us, it's been our launching verse in this series, Matthew 6, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given or added unto you as well. God does not want us to do without. Our heavenly Father does not want us to do without. And I say it jokingly, but I mean it. Well, we're the people of God. We are not going to do without. We are going to be well fed. We are going to be provided for. Amen. And none of us are going to run out of toilet paper. We are the children of God. And he is going to take care of us. But in these days, we've got to be mindful of Deuteronomy 28, beginning in verse 47. The Lord told his people, because you did not serve the Lord your God joyfully and gladly in the time of prosperity, therefore in hunger, and thirst and nakedness and dire poverty, you will, sit, you will serve the enemies the Lord sends against you. He will put an iron yoke on your neck until he has destroyed you. So there's a lesson here. If you can't obey God in the good times, you won't obey him in the difficult times. If you won't obey him in the good times, you won't obey him in the difficult times. You know, this year, all the craziness that's gone on, people just have to make up their minds what they truly believe. And we demonstrate what we believe by our actions. So say this, 
And this is what our attitude should be. Say this, say with joy and gladness. Joy and gladness. I will serve you will serve in my day of prosperity. Day of prosperity. Lift, look up to heaven, lift your hands, say with joy and gladness. Joy and gladness. Will, I will I serve you in my day of prosperity? See, that ought to be our attitude. Doesn't matter what's going on. Doesn't matter what's on the news tomorrow. Doesn't matter what some politician says this week. We're, we're going to serve the Lord. And we're going to look to the Lord as our source and our supply and our help. You'll hear us quote Isaiah 119, but verse 20 is also important. Isaiah 119 tells us if we're willing and obedient, we'll eat the best of the land. But what does verse 20 say? If we resist... If we rebel, we could say it this way, if we do things our way and not God's way, we'll be devoured by the sword. Why do people fail to walk in God's blessings? Hosea 4.6 has got the answer. It's from lack of knowledge. And the Lord told him in Hosea, because you have rejected knowledge, I reject you. Because you have rejected knowledge and ignored my law, I will even ignore your children. How sobering. To obey, to obey is better than sacrifice. I like the living translation of Isaiah 119, which says, if you will only let me help you, if you will only obey, then I will make you rich. This brings us to point number seven, to write your own ticket with God. Just do what the word says. Obedience is the key to a life blessed by God. Obedience is the key. To obey is better than sacrifice. And this is the lesson so many of God's New Testament people have not learned. Saul's story is a sad story. God can call you. God can change you into a different person. God can anoint you. God can bless you. God can take you to new levels. He can give you great position and wealth. But if you do not do what he says do, if you don't follow instructions, if you don't live life God's way, it can end in ruin. At some point during the spring, I preached on Solomon, or maybe it was last year. David warned Solomon. The Lord himself warned Solomon. The Bible says that on the day Solomon dedicated the temple, the presence of God was so strong they couldn't even stand. Think of all that God did for Solomon. We know that after Solomon presented thousands of burnt offerings and sacrifices, the Lord appeared to him and said, I'll give you anything you want. And he was wise. He asked for wisdom. But think about all that God did for Solomon. And he, he wrecked himself. He wrecked the nation he wrecked their future because he chose to do the opposite of what God's word said when it came to marriage. And he set himself, he set his nation, he set the people on a trajectory course for defeat. Austin, could he have prayed? Sure. Could he have fasted? Sure. Could he have offered more sacrifices? Sure. But it all goes back to disobedience. To obey is better than sacrifice. Obedience is the key. The great pastor A.W. Tozer once said, 
If we try to obey without faith, we get nowhere. If we try to have faith without obedience, it ends in nothing. He also said we substitute prayer for obedience. Our prayer will be effective when we stop using prayer as a substitute for obedience. And as I mentioned, Kenneth Hagin used to say that God's people are forever trying to get through the laying on of hands or prayer or fasting the things that will only come by obedience to the Word of God. To obey. Say it, say it with me. To obey, obey. is better yeah. than sacrifice. And if you'll obey, you won't have to live a life of sacrifice. If you'll obey, you won't have to live a life of doing without. If you'll obey, you'll live a life of walking in the blessing of God. To obey is better than sacrifice. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.